0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 207 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Jacob. You sound amazing. Has anything changed in your life? Well, it's almost
1: like I get a full amount of oxygen going to my head all the time now. <laughs>
0: so you had some some facial surgery. Yeah. It's had, not just Botox no. and implants.
1: Well, not this week. It's not. Okay. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I had to go uh, get... Um, it turns out when you play hockey without, like, a face guard and a mask for years on end, right? it kind of has damages. So I had to have, like, the septum in my nose was, like, completely busted open from years of getting hit in the face. So that's, I had to get that all fixed up. But. That's gross. Oh, it's it was such a fun Although procedure. Although
0: I'm like very jealous that you had nose surgery and didn't have to have all that gauze in your nose like I did when well, I broke my nose. Oh
1: no, I had surgery, but they had a different way. They didn't. Gau- they had to go the opposite of gauzing up my nose, where they had to let it drain. So they literally put these banana sized like length <laughs> tubes down my nose for a week to let everything. Drain either out of my nose or down my throat. <laughs> like Ew! They,
0: could you feel them in your throat?
1: I felt them in there, but I didn't realize they were as big as they were until they took uh, them out. Uh, and I was like, "Oh stop. my I'm god, actually, dude!" <laughs>
0: I'm gonna gag. I can't think about it. Hang on. I have a very sensitive gag reflex.
1: Oh, we could we could talk about no, what please, they look you, like afterwards. No,
0: mate. no, we can't. I'm gonna just move right on. But I apologize Sur- to listeners. Surgery
1: talk at the library.
0: Um. Okay, so we're just gonna get right to the crux of it. It is an election week. Election week. Election week. Um, And if you are broadly aware that the upcoming midterm election in the U.S. have major global implications... But maybe you are not up to speed on the American system of government or you're having trouble just following along. You are in the right place. You
1: bet you are, man.
0: This is what we are always here for.
1: We are a pro-voting podcast. It is well known throughout the world. (laughs) We are ranked as the 27th most pro-voting podcast uh, right behind PolitiFact.
0: There you go. If you've learned anything, there's no lies on the Internet. So that must be true. There you go. So in the U.S. two-party system, control of two crucial bodies of government. We have the Senate and the House of Representatives, and they're essential for getting laws made. And it will be decided by a vote on November 8th that we're hoping everyone goes out and and utilizes their rights. So Democrats currently control both bodies and the presidency. And losing either the House or the Senate to Republicans would significantly decrease power in the next two years of President Biden's term. True. So this either upsets people or it excites people um, and will probably, hopefully, have a large voter turnout. Um, So hundreds of elections will take place, but many candidates already are considered shoe-ins. And then control in each body will most likely be decided by like a few tight races. So the Senate, which is right now at a 50-50 deadlock. It is controlled by Democrats because the vice president will always have the ability to cast the tie-breaking vote.
1: Yeah, the old John Adams rule.
0: You got it. And it has 100 members with two from each of the 50 states. Right now, there are 34 seats up for grabs in November, and then the winners will serve six-year terms. Then we have the House with 435 voting members. It is currently controlled by Democrats, 222 to 213. So all 435 seats are up for election with winners serving two-year terms. So throughout time, and you've probably heard that historically, the party that controls the presidency, which is currently the Democrats, has usually fared poorly in the midterms. So whatever party the president is, people are like, oh, we're we're frustrated with the president, um, so we're gonna vote for the other party. Which is really funny that no one has learned over time that that hasn't worked. Like, yeah, it's kind of. I don't of, like this Republican president. I'm going to vote for Democrats. And then I don't like this Democratic president. I'll vote for Republicans. And we just keep yeah, doing that.
1: It. Yeah, I, I hate to do math for everybody, but a president's. Real agenda doesn't really get into effect until about two years in. So for the first two years, you're kind of just going off the crap the last guy yeah, was doing. Yeah, so, so mm-hmm. we
0: have kind of difficulty with that. Um, President Biden does have low approval ratings at the moment, so we can kind of see where things are leaning. It's currently Republicans are favored to win the House, and the Senate Senate is kind of considered a toss-up, um, according to a bunch of different sources. Yeah. Democrats did enjoy a major polling bump after the Supreme Court made the unpopular ruling in June that removed the constitutional right to abortion giving the party hope that it was going to kind of defy these historical trends. But that advantage has mostly faded.
1: Yeah. And people, you know, we'll see how it goes. We
0: have very like, short attention spans.
1: We do what you do. And, you know, there's a lot of the tight races. There's been some gaffes um, from the, um, each party lately. So we'll oh, have yeah. to wait and see how that goes. But
0: you never truly know. I mean, in highly polarized times, it is exceedingly difficult to pass legislation, though, unless one party controls the presidency, the House and the Senate. So if Republicans win either the House or the Senate, they can prevent much of what, you know, Mr. Biden and the Democrats would hope to accomplish before 2024, the next presidential election. So if that upsets you, you should go out and vote. And I guess if that jazzes you up, you should also go out and vote.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, if if you like, you know, the U.S. paying your debt limit, there's one side you should probably go to. We're not going to say which one, but it's.
0: I mean, we're not encouraging. I'm just always encouraging people to, to go out and vote and make your voice heard. Um, I know there's always that feeling that one vote doesn't matter and this, that, and the other, but it really does. And it would be yeah. just so amazing if everyone went out and voted.
1: It'd be the best, but I I mean, it should be, you it know. It would be so it cool. It should, should just be a thing you either are A, forced to do or B, you should be able to do from your cell phone, but that's neither here nor there. I, mean, I, I don't really get why a website set up to the National Election Board is for each state is so complicated. But It's
0: true. It really shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, you
1: get to ask your cell phone company, "Who is this? Who this we say this is?" Yes, okay, then that's the number. It, it Thank seems you. Pretty obvious.
0: It does. So today we are actually going to play an old episode from back in the day when we had another election. Who yeah, can remember f- which one?
1: For some reason, we don't really trust election books that have come on the last couple of years. There's <laughs> a lot, lot of fiction section ones there,
0: uh, but. This is a bunch of movies and some books that we thought were really great at the time and are still relevant now. So yeah, have a listen. We hope you enjoy. And don't forget, get out and vote. Vote. Okay, thanks so much. Let's just do it? Sure.
1: We're going to take this super seriously, I'm sure, as is our usual way.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) That is very good. So the first um, movie that I want to talk about is based on a book. And the book is called Game Change. By John Heilman and Mark Halperin. Do you know Game Change?
1: I do. I remember it from HBO.
0: Yeah, that it's such a good movie. So it's based um it's like a searing behind the scenes look at John McCain's uh two thousand and eight presidential campaign, and John McCain is played by Ed Harris and about his decision to select Alaska governor Sarah Palin, played by Julian Moore, um, as McCain's running mate. Um Yeah, to, you know, their ultimate just defeat in the general election just 60 days later of her coming on. So the story is told primarily through the eyes of senior McCain strategist Steve Schmidt, who's played by Woody Harrelson in the movie, who originally had really uh, championed Palin and then later came to very much so regret the choice um but game change is great because it really pulls back the curtain on like the intense drama surrounding you know not just the McCain team but also just how our leaders um Like offers a unique glimpse into their lives and the inner workings of a really historic campaign.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, it gets in depth on what was going on behind the scenes, stuff that you may not have seen.
0: There were some major revelations, I feel. And I mean, a lot of them were just Palin herself and her... Her like inability to stop referring to vice presidential rival is Senator O Biden. Yeah. Like, every it's... time they were like, it is Biden. It is not O Biden.
1: Like these are simple, simple gaffes that you were just choosing not to fix.
0: Yeah, like not understanding that there were two Koreas or things like that. But the so Woody Harrelson was so good at playing the campaign senior strategist Steve Schmidt that when Steve Schmidt saw the movie, um, he said it was so true to life that he had a real out-of-body experience watching it. I'm
1: not surprised. Woody Harrelson, that, he's one of the top actors out there. I love he has, watching and his And Julian movies.
0: Moore is amazing. Like When, well, when that, that was originally cast, saying. I really didn't see it. I didn't think she was going to be able to kind of, not that she's not talented, sure. but I'm like, oh, I don't see that as a good match, but she was great. We're actually going to do a, um, a short clip through it where Woody Harrelson's character is kind of prepping her for an upcoming debate. Let's do it. Um, let's start with something simple. Uh, how do you plan on maintaining our alliance with Great Britain on Iraq, even though support for the war there is at an all-time low? I think the United States has always maintained a great relationship with the Queen, and John McCain will continue to have an open dialogue with her. Uh, governor, the Queen is not the head of
1: government in England. She's the head of state. Well, then, who's the head of government? The Prime Minister.
0: <laughs> okay, so, yeah. That- well, you know, I'm not, I'm
1: not. That one I'll kind of give. I can understand not knowing the difference. You know, She's
0: you, a definitely a governor. Yeah,
1: she was a governor. You probably <laughs> should, should understand probably. that. Your normal person maybe, you know, yeah, that's all right. You don't know the queen, doesn't run the country, fine.
0: Yeah, we've maybe we have perhaps lowered the standards on what is, you know, required yeah. to know at this point. But Moving on, what else? What else should people be watching and reading?
1: All right, so I decided to go with a movie that really captures the tenor and tone of American politics, Mm. and that is The Campaign with Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. Did you see this movie?
0: (laughs) I did see it. I wanted to like it perhaps a little more than I did, but it did have some real gems. Oh,
1: so I, of course love the wackiness of these kind of things this is a Jay Roach movie who's the guy that did like the Austin Powers movies basically Mm -hmm. if you see his name attached to stuff you know you're about to get some zaniness (laughs) and it's a movie about Will Ferrell plays a uh, incumbent uh, Democratic candidate in a solid Democratic um, region so no matter whoever wins the primary is going to win so then all of a sudden he gets on the bad side of like the famous, like a Koch brothers-esque kind of duo. Mm-hmm. And then they decide that they're going to get one of their friend's son, who's played by Zach Galifianakis, who's just kind of like this local dope that everybody knows. And they're like, we're just going to put a whole bunch of money behind this guy and we're going to gar- get ourselves a real puppet and just put him in Congress. And the f- it sounds like a weird premise, as it is. I got oh, any movie that can slip in a Mulrooney Mul- versus McDermott joke constantly. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely appreciate but you got to imagine that both Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis are turned up to like 20 in this movie.
0: Yeah, and just doing every stereotypical political move. A lot of attempting to kiss babies, isn't there? Oh, isn't there oh a my baby God. assault of all? There, <laughs> there's is a I scene remember. where
1: a baby is punched in the face. That because I they're
0: trying to kiss. it.
1: Yeah, I was crying laughing. <laughs> yeah, I do
0: remember that. Oh, he
1: even got like the knuckle imprints on the baby's <laughs> cheek. Wing. Oh, it's, it's, it's just the best. Okay, okay, so
0: it's good. It's you can watch like Game Change and be like a really serious political movie, and then you know go to something that's a little funnier. Yeah, a little more, light. A little
1: whackier. Uh, don't watch it with the kids. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very R-rated movie. I
0: think you had them convinced of that at Knuckles in a Baby's Face.
1: In his oh oh, just <laughs> I'm I'm imagining it right now, and it's still like one of the funniest things I've seen. His it eyes
0: is. are lit up, so we know what Jacob <laughs> yeah. enjoys. Okay, so the next one I want to rec- recommend is a documentary. called called Weiner. Have you seen hey Wiener? Now, can we say that? Can oh, we say that on the show? I mean <laughs> I only allow this because he has to make those jokes in the documentary. So it is about oh. Anthony Weiner, who was a young congressman on the cusp of higher office when a sexting scandal forced his humiliating resignation. So two years after that he ran for mayor of New York City betting that his Ideas would surpass his indiscretions, and mm. he was wrong. He's he massively wrong. wrong. So, they have like unprecedented access to Wiener and his family and his campaign um, team. And it's a really thrilling look inside a political comeback turned um, meltdown um, because he he's ends up sending more. Inappropriate messages. Yep,
1: he kept doing it. I don't some, assi- some
0: below the belt ones. Thus, why you know the wiener jokes. I mean, the I, media.
1: I can't. I, how could you not? Everybody turns into a five year old when you hear those kind of jokes. Flying
0: yeah, out. I mean, the film itself it really walks the line between political farce and personal tragedy. As it just kind of plunges into this increasingly baffling political campaign and has just unflinching clarity and humor and. I mean, if you can sit through it, if you can sit there and watch it without, like, jumping behind the couch to shield your eyes it's just the train wreck you're watching, then, you know, congratulations to you. Because it's not even just the way that he is just ridiculed in the media, but there's also the humiliation that he causes his incredibly smart and loyal wife, uh, Huma Abedin, who worked for Hillary Clinton.
1: And... It's also knowing what's coming, because you know he's going to do it again. Like, you know he's going to you know, do it again,
0: and the crazy part of the whole like second half of the Hillary, Hillary email scandal was emails that like he sent Yeah, more, like, through that server, don't. so it was just he did so much damage.
1: I also know that if I was running a political campaign, which I should, why not, mm, I mm-hmm. uh, would not be hiring whoever ran Wiener's campaign, because the first thing I would say when I walk in there is, like, we got to lose the name, dude. You're gonna have to like. Stage. It's his
0: name. You're gonna have to
1: stage name it up. <laughs> I don't care. We're gonna have to change it. I don't. Why <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah. Something. We'll put it a little. Um, I mean, little the, accent mark above the e or something. Like we gotta change it. It's the tragedy
0: was that I really did kind of support his views, and he was very passionate, and I feel like he had potential, but he obviously has a mental deficiency that he can't stop doing. Um, these things so it is a really good documentary i have no idea why he let this crew follow him around when he knew what he was doing and the potential of the explosion that it could make but he did so it's awesome yeah so you were watching everything firsthand really great documentary perfect for for this week
1: oh oh my god wiener why
0: (laughs) just why why is a great question i i don't think there's an answer but all right
1: you know what I like the fact that you went with the documentary, so I'm going to go with the documentary.
0: Copycat. I know.
1: So I'm going to go with The Purge Election Year, which, as we all know...
0: It's not a documentary. What are you talking about? Isn't
1: it, Michelle? Isn't it?
0: (laughs) You're so dumb.
1: So... Everybody knows what the Purge movies are. They're actually a quite enjoyable horror franchise, believe it or not. I
0: only saw half of the first one.
1: Well, the first one's the worst one. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they get kind of crazy. The first one's a little boring. It's, you know, people hiding out in a um, house. They really expand the world since then. It's even got a TV show on USA now. Really? It does.
0: I am really curious as of to what the Purge election one is about.
1: Well, okay, so the movie is... um, It's a continuation of the second movie. So it's kind of a pseudo-sequel because they have some returning characters. Okay. Um, Basically, what it is is the new founding fathers basically decided that for 12 hours or 24, I always get them mixed up, that all crime is going to be legal. You can do whatever you want, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, this is an election year, and the person running who looks like they have a chance to win is running on a platform of ending the purge. Mm. So it is a situation where the guys who are in power are like, you know what? For this one night, because usually there's actually rules to the purge, which people don't know. One of which is you're not allowed to kill political figures. Okay. But they're like, you know what? We're going to suspend that rule for one year, just for this year. And, you know, they just try to send people out to get her.
0: So everyone's going to try to kill this presidential nominee because she wants to get rid of the purge.
1: Yes. Okay. But it just so happens that her her security detail is run by the hero from the second movie, who's Mm. like a total, was an awesome, like, just you know all-around tough guy, hero character. Love and he's them. basically spending the whole movie defending her from waves and waves of people. Okay. With the promise that if she wins, Jacob, she's going to end the purge.
0: Is this really entertaining or is it Jacob entertaining? I need to know. There is a difference.
1: Well, as, uh, Jacob entertaining, unfortunately, makes Buko at the box office. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, this was a very, very successful movie. If you like action, f- horror, violent movies, right. you'll love it. If you want... Character um, structure and development and this great cinematography. <laughs> this is not the movie this for you.
0: Not, wait, is this a Buffalo movie?
1: No, no, no. No, that's, that's the, not the one. Was that's told. the newest one. That's the first Purge.
0: Oh, okay. Which I they
1: filmed right around my house, which makes me think I need to move.
0: <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, I might check it out. I actually. It's, they're worth
1: it. They're worth checking out. They're,
0: Halloween's over though, so. They're they're
1: short. They're like ninety minutes. You're in and out of there.
0: Okay, just how I like it. All right, Um, the next one, have to mention, because this was such a a hugely important book when it came out, um, Primary Colors by Joe Klein, which was originally published um, anonymously. But then as the years went by, uh, his name came out attached to it. And then it was also made into a film.
1: Believe it or not, the library actually does have a copy of that under Anonymous for the author.
0: Is that right? Mm -hmm. Look at that. A little bit of history there. So it is a really funny, wise, and dramatic story with characters and events that resemble, you know, some familiar real life figures.
1: There's some overlap, I would say, with some people of the times.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an adaptation of, like, Bill Clinton's 1992 run for the White (coughs) House. Um, And then. There's young Henry Burton in the film, and he's tapped to oversee the presidential campaign of Governor Jack Stanton, who's played by John Travolta. And it's about Burton is pulled into this politician's colorful world um, and kind of looks on as Stanton, who has a wandering eye that could be his downfall, and contends with his ambitious wife, Susan, who's played by Emma Thompson. And then... um,
1: Emma Thompson, the Cape Blanchett of her day. I would say.
0: Okay, that works. And then Billy Bob Thornton is in it, too, is like his unspoken advisor. So big film, really big book. I, I highly recommend checking it out, but it's pretty funny.
1: It's yeah, it's surprisingly enjoyable. It's yeah. a pretty it's a serious but funny movie both at the same time, which are always a good combination.
0: Exactly. Yeah, A little bit of, of satire mixed in there, but some um, real events. I'm
1: always amused when I see Travolta actually, you know, be a good actor it mm-hmm. happens so rarely he actually I believe he got an Oscar nomination for this movie
0: wow yeah so okay um
1: yeah it's an all-star cast especially looking at you know Emma Thompson Billy Bob Thorne even back then they were pretty big names oh uh, definitely so I think Billy Bob had already won his Oscar by then
0: I feel like that whole film was a really there was a big deal around it because of the book and the whole scandal and everything yeah
1: and it's a good well-made movie I can't remember the director but I feel like yeah, You'll
0: remember thing. in like ten minutes, you always do that.
1: I always do right after the show. Not before I go on Wikipedia or anything. <laughs> yeah, kind of like, right, right. like all of a sudden it comes to me and I'm like, that's right.
0: So what else? What else do you have?
1: Um, I am gonna go with Wag the Dog. Another oh, book slash movie combination. Yes it is. So this one is a movie stars Robert De Niro and Al uh, El Pacino. Robert De Niro plays like a political strategist for the president who has a, I think there's like a child sex scandal or a prostitute scandal or something going on. I can't
0: remember exactly.
1: So then he is, his job is to try, and there's an election in like a week. So Robert De Niro's idea is we just need to distract the public for one week and have them not think about this sex scandal and just go and vote. And then after that, we'll do whatever we got to do and deal with it then. Maybe nobody will remember. So he decides to create a, a imaginary war with Albania (laughs) And then goes and hires Uh. Al Pacino, who's the top producer in Hollywood, to help him fake a war, basically, with, you know, graphic special effects, just kind of like putting stuff in the media that's just not true. Um, And uh, it's just a whole thing about how they just manipulate the public. For their own short-term personal political gains. I feel like... And how kind of easy it can be if you do it correctly.
0: Oh, totally. Like, people just fall right into it. I remember hearing the whole conspiracy, and I'm not saying either way. I have no idea. But when the Clintons had all that whitewater stuff that was going on, and then his scandal came out at the same time, and there was talk that maybe that was a wag the dog of, like, the sex scandal, they did just because that took all of the attention off of Whitewater and onto that. So who knows?
1: There's also – wasn't um, like Kosovo and stuff around that same time where like the Clintons were like bombing uh, Milosevic, I believe? There you go. I'm busting out old school politics (laughs) on you people. (laughs) But I do believe that was kind of around the same time too, so there was like a sort of an an analogy there between the two as well. So so. who knows? And, yeah, it's just a great – Oh, again, that's another one that makes me sad. Back when Pacino and De Niro were real actors and not weren't just Pacino and De Niro. I mean, they themselves. aged.
0: I think that's just a very natural thing. They've done so many good films we can't just judge them now because they're old and not as good. Well they're you, just classics forever. Mm, I, oh, I think he's I'm, murmuring yeah.
1: yeah, I'm gonna grumble about that one because like I'm S- in the dark. Oh, <laughs> Senta- oh, man. I was reading, like, uh, Scent of a Woman when he won Best Actor for that. And I was watching, because I was watching Unforgiven. And Clint Eastwood was nominated for Best Actor. And mm-hmm. I was like, the hoo-ha performance beat this for Best Actor? It was, just I do me love Scent
0: of a Woman, but I do know what you're talking about.
1: We're going to be fighting over that. You don't bad, like that movie at all? A bad movie, movie.
0: I'm in the dark. I could do that. Name okay.
1: me one line that Chris O'Donnell says in that movie. Who is the star?
0: He cries and he uh-huh. says... Mm -hmm. exactly
1: (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) anyway moving (laughs) on um, I'm going to talk about a film that I know you love Jacob and is good for this time but Election
1: I do love Election I know
0: you do so the story of Election is about um, Jim who's played by Matthew Broderick and he is a well-liked high school government teacher Um, but he can't help but notice that successful student Tracy Flick who's played by young Reese Witherspoon uh, uses less than ethical tactics to get what she wants um, when she runs for school president. And Jim feels that she will be a poor influence on the student body and then convinces Paul, who is like a dim witted but popular student athlete, to run against Tracy. And then when she becomes aware of Jim's secret involvement in the race, they have this kind of bitter feud sparked from that. And it is a super funny, dark glimpse into like the cutthroat world of student elections.
1: It gets dark in that movie. That it, is a dark movie.
0: It does. And I feel like it proves that even small elections can get dirty. Oh, yeah. And it's done really well.
1: It, it's just a, such a fun movie, too. Like, it's, it's, some of the stuff I don't feel like is supposed to be funny, but it just becomes funny because of the whole situation around it. Oh, definitely. Just watching Matthew Broderick because I always like movies where you could tell a guy's going through a rough time by how terrible, how good they look at the beginning of the movie compared (laughs) to how terrible they look by the end. And he just looks like a shell broken person by the end of this movie. What I really
0: like, too, is that you can end that movie and be like either everyone was a hero or no one was the hero of that film. It's kind of split because you're like, oh, he's the hero, the teacher. And then you're like, no, he's not. And then like Tracy is, no, she's not. And then the, the cool girl at the end, like she is so uh really like good film definitely worth checking out and it's really fun seeing just young Reese Witherspoon it she's is a little baby
1: You're, oh man I remember the first time I saw her was uh, in Freeway like this old. oh HBO wow movie. yeah Freeway that.
0: that's a good movie that is that's one she's that, good in that
1: everybody forgets about it, like that's the first one I saw her and I'm like hey who's this girl she oh, might yeah. be she might be making moves down the line there
0: she definitely she definitely made some moves I know she she's has one that of your favorites. new apple um I'm not going to say she's one of my favorites. I'm going to say that's incorrect. But I do like her, but I can't give her that title. But I know she has a new Apple show coming out. Yeah. Where she's getting like a million dollars an episode for that, so.
1: Apple's weird. That's cool. They're apparently not <laughs> letting you do anything that's not like PG on that network. It's really weird what they're doing. Uh. Not even Disney's do not going that far. Well, that's a that's a discussion for another time. We don't care because you shouldn't be going to streaming sites. You should be coming to your local library anyways, <laughs> there everybody. I got better stuff. Go with physical media.
0: That's true. We right. support it. What else?
1: All right, I'm gonna go with a dual threat, one that has both an original and a remake with the Manchurian Candidate.
0: Oh, also a book by Richard Condon. I did not know it was a book. Oh yeah, that's how it started out.
1: Oh. Isn't isn't the Day of the Condor guy? He might be.
0: He might be. Don't ask me the hard questions. It's (laughs) early. So,
1: okay, the Manchurian Candidate, um, the original one starred Frank Sinatra, the remake starred Denzel Washington, um, is about a candidate who was a former soldier that is basically being brainwashed and used by a shady um, cabal, basically, to their own ends. They're basically just using him. He's like an empty vessel. Mm -hmm. They're basically just using him to get elected so that way they can push their agenda on everybody.
0: There's some some Russian interference in that. Yeah. So in that presidential campaign. That's yeah, what's happening the, in the film.
1: Yeah, they're like, let's go take care of this. It's totally not at all going to be, you know, everybody's going to believe it. But then there's one dude who, and, you know, let's say Denzel for the sake of argument. Is, well,
0: uh, it's the Frank Sinatra character. Sure.
1: I didn't. Uh, we'll get into the discussion. Which is better?
0: It's Frankly. the Captain Bennett Marco. Oh, is the that his name? name? Thank yeah. You.
1: I'm not good with characters.
0: But he was brainwashed too. Like they were all brainwashed.
1: Yeah, because they got like captured during a uh, when they were in the military in together the Korea
0: War. The, yeah, they were. Captured Kore- by communists and brainwashed.
1: Korean War in the original, Iraqi War in the second one.
0: Oh, is that right? I never saw the remake. Yeah, the remake. I guess um, that that makes sense.
1: Liev Schreiber is the Manchurian candidate in the yeah. second one. So they
0: brainwash much. him, but then the one guy is like really brainwashed, but then Frank Sinatra starts kind of piecing it together. Yeah,
1: it starts like the wall starts breaking down, they start remembering, and then it's basically a race, because the guy looks like he's going to win, it's a race to make sure that he doesn't become uh, the president by any means necessary or vice president I believe it is yeah so
0: you know what I think is one of the highlights in the original film is that there's a senator and he's claiming that the communists he's talking about the communist influence in the government and so they're asking like for numbers like how many people and he jumps from like 207 to 104 to 275 and then ends up settling on like 57 Which is crazy because in reality, like, Joe McCarthy was known for just always switching the numbers to what kind of fit that moment Mm -hmm. of, like, what was more dramatic. And that it shows that, like, in politics, publicity is often far more important than facts. And I feel like that kind of comes out uh, in the film and book.
1: Kind of comes back to wag the dog as well. It's kind of all you got to do is just, just convince enough people. Yeah. And you're good to go.
0: But still, get out and vote. Yeah. <laughs> that's really, that's important. We don't, I hope we're not dissuading you from that. So um, I have some more films, but I'm going to throw a couple books in just so that I don't run out of time. So this is a really great book. Crazy title that I'm going to drop here, but still a really good book. I love so, when
1: you do these. I'm see if you can nail it.
0: Oh, no. It's called um, Rat Eft." Like Oh, so, asterisk, asterisk, you know, you got it. You I got it and yeah. it's the true story behind the secret plan. I know you can't To say steal that, America's way. democracy. And it's by David uh, Daly. And it's about gerrymandering, which on the inside, like inside political term, is rat effed. So, yeah. This book was came out in 2016, and it discusses the efforts by some Republican political operatives, which included at the time Karl Rove and Ed Gillespie um, and Chris Jankowski, to exploit redistricting processes around the United States in order to gain greater control of the American Congress. And it was under this project called Red Map. So it kind of the book pulls the curtain back. On you know is considered like one of the greatest heists in American political history of the redistricting to kind of determine where votes are going to go. Um, it's st- it's a huge deal now. It has been for a while. I'm pretty sure North Carolina just ruled that the the gerrymandering and redistricting in their state is unconstitutional. But they feel that it's too close to an election to fix it right now. Oh, of course. So they're gonna wait and fix it later. So if you are unfamiliar with this kind of term, um, and you're like, what are you talking about? Like redistricting and voting? it This is a- incredibly crucial to check out and to read. Really, really fascinating. I think it was Wisconsin where I was reading one where just as this example that in these two elections, um, both Democrats got more votes. So. All the humans voted in the state. The Democrats got more votes. But the way that they had redrawn the district lines, both Republicans were elected into office. So that's a really fascinating you know, thing that just we need to be kind of talking about more.
1: Yeah. Happens a lot these days.
0: Yeah, so again, check out the book by David Daly. I'm not going to say the title again. So what do we do? Actually, let me throw one more book in. Yeah, go for it. Another one is called Give Us the Ballot. It's the Modern Struggle for Voting Rights in America by... Uh, Ari Berman. And it's just like what happened after the dramatic passage of the Voting Rights Act in 1965 and kind of the turbulent forces that were unleashed from that. It's a really groundbreaking narrative history. And um, he kind of talks about the transformation of American democracy under the Voting Rights Act and then the counter-revolution that sought to limit it from the moment that the act was signed into law. Um, There's a lot more I can talk about that book, but, you know, we're running out of time. So that's a really good one uh, to check out. Really um, meticulous research and in-depth interviews kind of give us this first comprehensive history of this kind, I would say.
1: Oh, so many good election books. So, so little time. Yeah,
0: and I mean, this is a really big political and civil rights issue of our time. So it's definitely worth, you know, learning more about that. Yeah do you want to do one more
1: um yeah, yeah I'll, we go gotta with, I'll go with the dual threat real quick everybody hurts about really? um go check out all the president's men the uh the movie i believe there's a, it's also a book okay. about um you know the whole white water scandal white 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 water wasn't it
0: Whitewater. water that's the clinton one
1: Why? oh i watergate like, i was is.
0: like i was not gonna tell you i, was, I was gonna, like, wait I'm gonna for get it. You Something. for you to figure it something
1: out. With a w. <laughs> So uh. it's basically about how um, Woodward and Bernstein came about the facts about the Watergate scandal and the Nixon administration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, involving Deep Throat, their little undercover guy, who they have an-
0: undercover guy. Who they
1: dis- Who they have <laughs> they announced just... who it was? And they did yeah. eventually come out with who it was. And if you like movies about people running in a newsroom, and I know I do, this is definitely the movie for you because boy oh boy, are they packing on the miles.
0: I do. I like just
1: that. Just rushing around. Hey. And
0: Bob is still relevant. I mean, he had a book that just came out.
1: That's true. And hey, remember newsrooms? They were a yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: they were they were a thing before they became BuzzFeed. But I guess that's it. I have a we have a lot more um, films. You wanna save it for the next election?
1: Yeah. We All can right. do that. They have them in every year. So. <laughs>
0: you're, you're real great. So tell people where to get stuff. So
1: Everything we talked about here on All Booked Up is going to be available at your local library. It's 37 branches, so feel free to come down and check them out. If and a we,
0: bookmobile. Boop, boop, boop. That's just, right. The bookmobile will be coming
1: around. to you. Maybe. Um, Somewhere. Yeah, you know, there's only one of them, but you know, they're <laughs> driving around. <laughs> (laughs) You could see me and Michelle's faces on the back of it. Oh, don't tell people that, please.
0: All right, moving on. Um, (laughs) Okay, so a couple facts to end the day, and obviously it's going to be about elections. Of Course, but I don't know. You probably know this, but that the American vote wasn't always limited to Tuesdays by law, like it is now. Really? Yeah. Instead, so it's a it's a holdover from the 19th century when farmers were forced to travel long distances to their polling stations, and they. Needed enough time to make it back and home in time for the market on Wednesday.
1: Just like daylight savings time, farmers do, are we ruining do, our lives. We do
0: a lot for the farmers, and um, so important to to get out and vote because sadly we have one of the lowest voter turnouts um, in developed countries. We're thirty one out of thirty five. Um, on that list. So
1: take that bora bora. Where
0: but people in France and Sweden don't need to worry about making time to register ahead of election day because the government automatically registers voters when they're eligible in France.
1: Imagine so as that. soon
0: as they turn eighteen yeah, like...
1: Like when you have to fill out your draft card, imagine if the two did the same thing.
0: It's really amazing. And in Australia, every Australian over 18 is required by law to register to vote and to participate in federal elections. Anyone who doesn't show up on election day is fined $20 and failure to pay the fine results in even steeper penalties, so up to like about $180, and can result in a criminal charge. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's great! You should, do Like, I totally great. support that. You're um, automatically registered, and you have to get out and vote.
1: You should be able to vote on your phone. You should be, they should just send some you a text message and be like, who do you vote for?
0: Some Damn. countries do have that too. I mean, there's a million ways you can do it. Like, governments get creative in places where literacy is an issue. So in Gambia, citizens cast their votes by dropping marbles into color-coded metal drums with pictures of the candidates. Because they have such um, a high literacy rate, and each drum is rigged with a bell, so which the marble after it's dropped in, it rings the bell, so that they know if a bell ends up ringing more than once, they know that someone's broken the rules, and they can. You know what? That, Maybe so. that'll
1: be a way to get these millennials out to vote. We'll give them something fun to do. Something cute, Maybe some marbles, or you, you can, like here's some free mustache wax, and go throw your. Well, it in the seems bucket. like
0: this is the highest yet. It's gone from about 26 uh, percent, I think, was the last highest for young voters in like 1992 or something. Um, and then they say it's up to they're assuming about 40 percent. I don't know. We I, will see. No but everybody, Tuesday, no get on out. Get out and vote, people. Get on out and vote, and we will catch you next time. See ya. <laughs>